guys. Welcome back to our podcast. Thank you for meeting us at the movies this week. We are sitting here recording to you all in pain. Um, we went yesterday to our local Comic Con convention, which uh, was fun but tiring. Um, we waited in line just to enter for what, like... I think two, two and a half hours. Yeah, give or take. We were making bets as to how long it was going to take to get in. Um, each time we had to make a new bet because it surpassed our time. But um, yeah, so we went yesterday. Um, obviously, you all know this podcast is about movies. So we're huge movie buffs. And it didn't go like we planned. Last year was much better. Um, this year, there was a storm beforehand. So a lot of the celebrities were only taking cash and we only took X amount of cash because we're like, hey, ATM will pull out money. Well, the convention center was being run by generators. ATMs were down, but we did get to see some celebrities, but we only got to meet one, which was Mr. Ron Perlman from Hellboy. Um, I mainly know him from Sons of Anarchy, but we did get to meet him. So that was fun. Got a me and M. Shake his hand. <laughs> yes. Um, we got to meet him. We, in passing, saw some other ones. We saw um, Mr. Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad. And Better Call Saul. Yeah. Um, it was fun to see him there. We also, in passing, saw... We saw one of my favorite actors, uh, Edward James Olmos from American Me, Stand and Deliver. And I guess he's on... Uh, He's in Mayans, Mayans which right? is a spinoff from Sense of Anarchy. And he also played Selena's dad in the Selena Quintanilla movie. Yeah. Um, Theo Rossi, or Rossi, I'm so sorry if I mispronounced that, was another celebrity that I was excited to see because he does come out in Sense of Anarchy and Luke Cage, but he did cancel because of the weather. Um, also there, we this is not having to do with movies at all. Uh, we did see one of my favorite wrestlers, Mick Foley, yeah. a.k.a. Mankind, a.k.a. Cactus Jack, a.k.a. Dude Love. Yeah. One of my favorites for sure. And we saw him. This one was funny because we were just sitting down where they do the panels resting. Like we said, we were tired, standing in a mile long line for almost three hours. And he was going probably to go on break from seeing everyone. And he walked right in front of us. Like literally inches away from us. He was just like walking by us. And <laughs> we look at each other like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Mick Foley. Speechless. We didn't say anything to him. We just stared. Like, just in awe. Whoa. <laughs> but enough of that. Um, we hope y'all had a good week. This week we will be talking about La La Land. That is the movie we discussed for this week's episode um, fair warning for those of you who might not like musicals. Lot of Land is primarily a musical. Stellar cast. Uh, the cast included Emma Stone, who played Mia. And what's his name? I, I get him confused with uh, a lot of other actors. I get him confused with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Tobey Maguire, Ryan Gosling. I think, I don't know why you get him confused, but... Yeah, yeah, I'm right. not sure why either. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But Ryan Gosling as Sebastian. Yes. And then we had uh, a side character. He wasn't really in the movie, but I mean, y'all might not probably know him. Uh, John Legend. He played Keith. And those are the three more notable actors, in my opinion, throughout this movie. Yeah. So we start the movie with... Um, well, actually, fun fact. Before we start talking about the movie... If I remember correctly, now that we're talking about the Oscars and, 
you know, we're reviewing the movies that were nominated for that year. If my memory serves me right, I remember during the 2017 Oscars, the opening scene, because they do like a sometimes a musical and an opening like monologue scene um, to start the show. It was actually the opening scene from La La Land that they recreated on the Oscars. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So um, we start with, well, I'll let Richie like, tell y'all how we start this movie. So the scene starts in high traffic area. Like I think it's a expressway or the highway. You can see a bunch of different cars. You can see uh just hear the radios going on in those cars. So you can hear like a variety of different music come from them, but everything's at a standstill. So then after a while, that's when I figured the first song of the whole musical starts, like kind of towards the beginning as well. We see in white letters, winters. I'm guessing that's what the season starts. And we have this musical going. Um, We see just everybody dancing, singing. And then once it ends, we're brought back to reality so after the musical ends we see sebastian going through the radio trying to find the station i'm guessing and mia is rehearsing some lines for a audition that she has and then suddenly as she's you know in character going over her lines ryan honks at her um pulls up next to her keeps honking and they just kind of stare at each other a bit annoyed after that we just the story progresses and we find out uh, mia's a barista Mm-hmm. That's what she does for a living while trying to pursue her acting career. And while she's there, somebody spills coffee on her. Like, she's about to go to her audition and somebody spills coffee on her. I am one of those people that as soon as something goes wrong, like, that's enough for me to be, like, upset and sad for the rest of the day. <laughs> um, I am very emotional. So I don't know how she did it to go to her audition. I would have freaked out. Yeah. I would have been like, I got to go home. I got to get a new shirt. I got to go to the store, get a new shirt, whatever's closer. But she went to her audition and that was a scene that was very upsetting. Like she's auditioning and then they put her on hold, like the people who are critiquing the audition so they can talk to someone. Like, I don't know. I just found that rude. Oh, yeah. I mean, how would you have reacted? Like if you were an inspiring actor and they just were like, hold on, Richie. And then they go by whatever they're going to do. I honestly, I would still be like, should I keep going? I'd be still nervous, but dumbfounded. But then a little bit annoyed, too, because like I'm in the middle of this. But then again, I don't know who just popped in. I don't know if there's somebody important or anything like that. I wouldn't know what to do with myself, honestly. Well, yeah, but the thing is, you're breaking character, I'm guessing. Like, it's going to be hard to reel back that emotion, especially when you're an up and coming actor, actress who doesn't probably have that back and forth easiness to like they can just snap back into it that is true yeah i guess me personally i would still be like (laughs) nervous because like i said i'm like you said you're an upcoming actor this is going to be possibly going to be your first roles you don't want to upset them too at the same time Mm -hmm. so you don't want to make anybody annoyed or you know just snap and say like oh like hey like what the hell I was in the middle of the scene. And then what if they just go off like, you know what? We don't need the attitude. Get the heck out of here. Well, I'm not saying I would give attitude. I'm just saying I would be very annoyed. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, that's really um, how I personally would feel. But after that, they just tell her, like, okay, thank you. And she leaves. Um, we find out that she has three roommates. Um, so before we go into this next scene, something we did throughout the movie was we tried to rate each main musical scene. Uh-huh. So if we can go back... Um, what did you think about the first musical scene? What did you rate it? I would rate that one 
as an eight out of ten. Okay, same. Just because it was nice. I like the whole variety. I like how everybody was involved. Like every single car, and just, like one thing did actually come to mind. Like, like what the heck on one certain part of the musical when there was three of those guys in the back of the truck like playing instruments i'm like dude it's probably hot <laughs> how in the heck are just three guys playing instruments mm-hmm. just sitting in the back of that truck until somebody opens up but it's a musical i understand but still i'm like what the yeah heck? and that's something i have here written on my notes musicals so unrealistic like, yeah <laughs> you gotta take them with a grain of salt but mm. that brings us to our second musical scene so we have Mia's three roommates. They're all trying to convince her to go out. Um, and that's where we have the second scene. Um, and that's where we have the second musical, like I said. It's um, a dance scene. It's a little bit more realistic than the first one, in my oh, opinion. Yeah, a little bit. Because we see her get, like, we see her friends trying to get her to come out. But she's like, no, no, I I got to stay here and work. Until she finally just says, you know what? She gets ready. She goes out with her friends. You see them walking. I think they jump in the car and just head to their next destination. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of that musical scene? It was nice. I liked it. Uh, not as good as the first musical number. Okay. I gave it a 6 out of 10 because, yeah, like, it was a nice musical um, scene. All the girls, if I'm not mistaken, had different colored outfits. So it was very vibrant. But, yeah, it wasn't as good as the first one. Um once the girls um, go their own way at the party, Mia leaves and her car ends up getting towed. So she ends up having to walk home. And on her walk home, she hears some music and she goes into this kind of like a restaurant yeah, um, where the music's coming from. And we see her enter and look at someone. And that's like the end scene on her. It then jumps to Sebastian. Ryan Gosling's character. Yes. And that scene picks up from where we last saw him. So it jumps to the scene where he was honking at Mia. Uh, And that's something I loved because it's like, okay, after the honk in the first musical scene, we have all of Mia's point of view, everything that happens with her. And then once she comes to this restaurant and she's seeing someone it kind of gives you the illusion that she's probably seeing Sebastian. So now we jump backwards to Sebastian and that scene at the musical on the expressway and what happened with him from there on until they see each other. Yeah. If I remember correctly, after they pan out from him, I guess he's entering his apartment, right? Uh, well, at least what I have and what I recall, he's actually looking at a business. Um, He's staring at it. He looks kind of annoyed. And then he goes home. Oh, okay. Um, He goes home and he's annoyed with his sister. She actually came into his apartment and is lecturing, like, you know, you're a grown man. You need to get a job. And, like, just going on and on because he's a musician. And he's trying to just do his own music. But um, after that, it just goes back to him at the restaurant playing. Um, And his boss is annoyed, telling him, like, no, you have to stick with the music we're giving you. You can't play your own music. We've already warned you, like, stick with what we're giving you. Basically Christmas music, because, like I said, it was based in winter. So it mm-hmm. is hopefully around that Christmas time. But, yeah, his boss was telling him that. And I just want to point out, his boss in the movie is actually played by the actor that plays J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. I just want to point that out real quick. I mean, I thought, like, yes, this is his boss's business or he's the manager there and he has a set of rules he has to go by. But I think it would have been nice, like he mentions in the movie, like, 
I think he mentions like three for you, one for me, or two for you, one for me. Like I'll do two songs for you, but can I do play one of my own? Yeah. And he ends up saying, Okay, never mind, all for you. But like he could have given him like every other third song to do one of his own. Yeah, true. Like if it was like horrendous music or vulgar music or whatever the case may be, like offensive, then okay. Yeah. But he was not having it. Oh yeah. Which Sebastian doesn't care. He ends up playing his music and that's what draws Mia in. Yeah. And that's when they lock eyes. And after that, his boss just tells him, like, we warned you, it's done, you're fired. Yeah, because apparently hits happened a little more than two times. Yeah. So I, that's understandable, too, you, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're not taking directives from your management, of course. That's yeah. bound to happen. And poor Mia, she was walking up to him to go compliment him, and he just pushes past her. Like, and, like Straight up shoulder checks her. Yeah. It's like, damn. It reminds, it reminds me of that one scene in White Chicks when uh, Marlon's like rushing to the bathroom. He's like, move. Yeah. Like, he doesn't <laughs> acknowledge her. I'm like, what the heck? So after that, we're now in spring. We see Mia at like a pool party of some sort. And she ends up noticing Sebastian's there. Kind of playing with a band. You can tell he's kind of out of his element. Oh, yeah, because I feel like he's more used to the actual piano. Right there, he's playing some, uh, what's like some like an key- electric keyboard. And like, like one of those electric guitar keyboards type thing that he has around him. And yeah. <laughs> it was funny looking. Yeah, because it's important to note Sebastian is a jazz player. So this is like something completely out of his element. And just to poke the bear, Mia ends up requesting a song. Um, Something that he ends up getting very upset about. Mm-hmm. But I think that's when they actually f- end up talking, actually mm-hmm. having a conversation with each other. Sebastian does apologize to Mia from that one night in winter. Um, after that, they just kind of go their own way. We come to the end of the party and some guy is just chatting up Mia. She seems uncomfortable. She seems withdrawn from the conversation, so she acts like she knows Sebastian. Mm-hmm. He's getting his keys from the front, and he's like, she's like, oh, can you get me mine, please? And they start walking towards um, her car. Mm-hmm. So as they're walking and having this casual conversation, we have another musical, right? Yeah, another musical number. I think it's the third one in the movie. Mm-hmm. They start, like, not really singing. I think that's when uh, they're actually getting ready to do, like, a little dancing number instead of uh, actual singing. It's a great musical, in my opinion. Yeah. For that one, I did rate it a 7 out of 10. I thought it was good. It just wasn't as good as the first one still. Okay. I would actually do one like a 9, honestly. Nine? Yeah. Okay. Just because uh, I'm just being biased because I, I remember seeing like in trailers and stuff like that, that'd be the main musical you'd mm-hmm. see. So I'm like, okay, I feel like that one's more more famous. Not really famous, but more popular. Popular, yeah. All right. Um, and during this musical scene, it's a little bit like flirtatious in a way. Um, once they're done, we end up finding out she has a boyfriend. Because she gets a call on her cell phone. She's like, oh, hi, Greg. And but as you, you can see Sebastian's character like, oh. Yeah. And it's like, why didn't she mention this before? And then literally right after we find out she has a boyfriend, they magically find her car right after. Like, that's the one thing about musicals that get me. 
like I said, they're just so unrealistic. So oh. sometimes it's hard to like take them seriously. Oh, very. So then uh, as soon as they find her car, you know, they tell each other good night and you see Sebastian going towards his car, which is literally right across the street from that party. Yeah. So what was like kind of like, what the heck to me? His she car could, was there the whole time. He could have gotten her a ride to her car instead of walking and stuff like that i feel yeah. like that would have saved a lot of time and a lot of awkwardness but maybe it was just for that third musical number to be honest well it's to build on the movie because if he would have just been like okay bye got in his car this connection would have never started to form that is true very true so then we're back to a scene where mia's back at the cafe that she works from and if any of you have seen gilmore girls i Think, and I'm pretty sure that that cafe that Mia works in is Luke's Diner from Gilmore Girls. I don't know any Gilmore Girl fans that have watched the show. Please go see the movie if you can and look at the diner and then look at the cafe. I'm more than sure they're the same set. So after all that, the next scene uh, starts. We see uh, Mia's walking to her job at the coffee shop. And then all of a sudden we see Sebastian come by that same coffee shop uh, just to come see Mia. So... I guess uh, he asked her, like, hey, what time you off so they can go hang out or something like that. So after that, uh, fun fact, her coffee shop is actually it's set in uh, a lot uh, where they shoot a lot of the movies. Yeah. Like the Hollywood studio type thing. Yeah. And so you, you can see Mia showing uh, Sebastian around mm-hmm. and then they get to talking and stuff like that. Apparently, her character is was born in a place called Boulder City, Nevada. I loved how she actually said Nevada correctly <laughs> not like i hear a lot of people say oh nevada no 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 no. it's nevada and take this seriously guys because richie is from nevada so if they, anybody knows how to pronounce it it's nevada yeah they're walking around um mia's talking to sebastian about how she got into acting and then somehow the conversation leads to mia saying that she hates jazz and sebastian Ends up telling her, like, let me take you to a jazz show um, so she can see more of the music and maybe, I guess, change her mind. Um, and as they're walking and talking, we find out that Sebastian wants to own his own club as well. And I think this is a club that he was looking at at the beginning of his scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll find out more towards the end of the movie. Something important to mention is that while they're walking, Mia ends up getting a callback for an audition. Yes. And apparently that her part involves like some sort of, I think, a show or movie that uh, Sebastian has seen, but uh, Mia knows about. Mm -hmm. That she's never seen it. And that's where they kind of set up a date. Yes, they set Um, up a date. So because of that movie, he ends up setting up a date with her to go watch it. Mm -hmm. And then after that, after they go their own way, Mia ends up going to this audition She's not even in the room for a minute, you guys. And they just tell her, okay, thank you. That was it. Like, all this time preparing all these anxieties for this audition. And they just don't even give her two minutes. It's like she literally goes in, says a few lines, and they're like, okay, no, we're good. Thank you. Yeah. So then after that, our next scene starts. We see Mia in her room. She's standing in front of the mirror. And we see one of her roommates uh, say, hey, Greg's here. And then we finally actually get to see Greg. Mm -hmm. And Greg's actually... Richie pointed this out. I didn't realize it. Um, so she gets, she's getting ready, right? Um, you can tell she's conflicted because she has this date with Sebastian. Um, she ends up going with Greg, and we see that it's played by. I forgot his name, but I noticed him because he was in the in that Disney Channel movie, uh, Halloween Town High, and he played the love interest of Marty in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and while they're at this dinner, you can tell she's just not enjoying herself. And she ends up actually apologizing and she just leaves. 
um, she leaves and she meets with Sebastian at the movies. And you can tell that they're forming a connection. They're holding hands and they're about to kiss. But then the lights come on. Something happens with the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they end up after that going on dates and stuff. They end up going to this observatory um, where we have our next um, musical, which once again, unrealistic. They're floating in the air. They're levitating i don't know yeah but that musical number i think was probably one of my favorites honestly Mm -hmm. just because like you can see their connection with each other and some of the scenes too i kind of felt like it was like kind of a metaphor of what's to come yeah what's to come a little bit yeah yeah and they finally end up kissing and i guess they start dating at this point and then we are now in summer so we're now officially three seasons into this movie um this Summertime is just a bunch of scenes, them going places, um, Sebastian playing piano at a club. And at this club, we're introduced to John Lynch's character, Keith, mm-hmm. who offers Sebastian a job, but he ends up saying no to it. Yeah, because apparently something's in the past, like kind of... Some drama. Some drama, yeah. Yeah, and while these scenes are going around, we end up seeing Mia come up with um, a potential name for the club that Sebastian wants to open up eventually. Yes. Um, She decides, like, how about you name it Sebs with a musical note as the apostrophe. Yeah. I I like the idea of that. If I was a musician, I would actually, I would want something like that, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's being stubborn. He's like, I only want this club if it's Van Beeps, which is... The old club that he was staring at at the beginning of the movie. After that, she's talking to her mom and she's asking, like, well, what does Sebastian do? Does he make any money off of his job? Does he make a living? It's like she's just grilling her about this. Yeah. And then you can see Sebastian's uh, overhearing the conversation and being like, wow, I should really make money and stuff like that. He knows what he needs to do in order to keep please the mom to please the mom. Yeah. Yeah. So he ends up accepting that job from Keith. Mm hmm. Um. And you can tell that this probably isn't what he wants because we go to a scene where Mia's at the club where they're performing and the music starts off very jazz-like, very good. Um, Not to say that what it turns into isn't good, but it turns into pop music. And that is not what he wanted to do. Like, he wanted to do jazz. But he ends up nonetheless signing a contract with Keith to be in this band. Yeah. And I guess that contract is like basically uh, Sebastian and the band to actually go on tour for a while. And then that's actually in some like all these little cutscenes, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, him following his dream and joining a band promotes Mia to actually quitting at the coffee shop also. Mm-hmm. Um, but him signing the contract nonetheless has him working more. So he hardly sees Mia. Uh, and we just kind of have scenes like Richie said, jumping back to... Uh, Seb on a piano and then Mia goes to see him play but she looks annoyed in that scene like he's not really acknowledging that she's in the crowd yeah the crowd's all excited for them which is good but she just gets pushed back yeah like it's kind of like I feel like it's like a foreshadowing to what's to come most likely yeah Yeah. after this we're in fall now we're almost a year into them knowing each other yeah uh but also I want to point out in a little bit before she went to go see Sebastian play. Uh, you did mention that she did quit her job only because she was writing her her own play and she wants to run out of theater so she can do her one woman show. Mm-hmm. So I remember without being in the cutscenes to where she was like looking at everything, shaking the guys, the yeah. the person that's renting out the theater, you know, his hand. 
Yeah, and that's actually the first scene we see in fall where it's Mia. She's sitting alone in a coffee shop and she's sending like a mass email to try to get something going with the play. I don't know if it's like her script, but she does send that over. All the while, she's trying to get a hold of Sebastian, but she just can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. You're doing, you know, a brand new job. You're touring, but like you should still make time for your girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for... You eavesdropping on a conversation that had, I mean, not nothing to do with you, but it wasn't involving you at the time. Like, they weren't including you into that conversation. You wouldn't have this job. Yeah. You wouldn't have pushed yourself to get this job. Oh, for sure. So, we see Mia leaving a bunch of voicemails to Sebastian, you know, just trying to get a hold of him. So, as she's coming back home, uh, she hears piano music in the background coming from the apartment. And that's that's when she sees Sebastian trying to make dinner, having a little romantic set right there in the living room. Yeah, he surprises her um, and they're having dinner. They're talking and he mentions that he wants her to go on tour with him, which I thought was an insult because he knows that she is working on this play. She cannot be working on a play from a tour bus, from a plane. She needs room to act, to move, to do all of these things. Mm-hmm. It was very selfish of him. And Mia's telling him, like, well, how much longer? Like, how much longer are you going to be on this tour? He's like, well, as soon as the tour ends, we got to record to then go on tour again. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I didn't think this thing with the band was long term. And that's where he's like, well, what? Did you not believe in the band? Like, he's like trying to reverse this and like guilt trip her. Like, basically, She's like, no, I just thought you wanted to open, you know, your own club. And that ensues a whole argument. It's just very childish, in my opinion. Like, she's generally asking, like, why are you making something that was supposed to be short-term, long-term? Like, when are you going to do what you wanted to do, your own goals? Yeah. But I feel like he is getting upset because, like, uh, like, what do you mean? You wanted this, didn't you? I feel like that's what he's trying to yeah, kind of say. Like, you know, I'm trying to do what you wanted me to do, what your mother wanted me to do and stuff like that. So why I, are you upset? I mean, yes, that is what she wanted. But yeah. like, okay, do this for a certain amount of time, gather your money, and then come back and do what you wanted to do. Oh, yeah. Because at this point, I feel like he's like not really, he doesn't care about opening his own club like Mia wanted him to do in the first well, place. he wanted to do. Yeah. And she was encouraging him. Oh, yeah. But now... Basically, Sebastian's kind of like forgetting about that. He just wants to make the money. And then during this argument, he says something that I was just like, wow. So he tells her, maybe you just liked me when I was on my ass because it made you feel better about yourself. That was unnecessary. Like, you clearly couldn't make it by your own. So if not for this bag, you would be no one. Oh, yeah. So take a humble seat. Mm-hmm. Um, And she's just in shock of what he does to her she's just looking at him and the smoke detector starts going off because something with their dinner starts burning yeah and he goes to take it out and she leaves like she just walks out grabs her purse and leaves the apartment Mm -hmm. and we just fast forward to two weeks later where we're at her show but spoiler alert sebastian doesn't go he has a photo shoot with the band and decides to do that instead. Yeah, because he was going to go to the show. He was going to. Well, but that's when Keith His says, efforts to go don't matter if he ends up not going. That is so true. It's not even important to acknowledge he was going to go because he did not end up going while it was going on. That is true. Like, he should have been like, let me reschedule. If they're such a famous band, they can reschedule. True. 
or they can do everybody else's shots and then put his technology nowadays photoshop it oh yeah whatever and also too the technology is not like that far off we saw everybody have a touch screen phone so i'm yeah. pretty sure it's yeah. not based off in like earlier times no. older times so then once we're seeing the show mia ends up getting a pretty small crowd that ends up coming to her show mm-hmm. and they all applaud her but once the curtain closes like you can hear people talking badly of it i mean yeah. that's gonna discourage anyone especially somebody who's up and coming it was just a pretty sad scene to see once the show's over he gets there and he's trying to get in him being sebastian and he can't get in i mean dude it's it's done the show's done yeah and mia walks out and she's talking about how she's done she's done with this she's breaking up with acting basically yeah and this whole time i thought she was breaking up with him i thought so too for a little bit but i have no idea i mean it was well deserved Maybe it was implied that they broke up the day she walked out. I mean, that's what makes most sense. But she ends up telling him that she's breaking up with acting and she ends up leaving back home to her parents' house. Mm-hmm. After that, we see how um, some lady calls Sebastian, saying that she's been trying to get a hold of Mia for a callback. So Sebastian ends up driving all the way to her parents' house and telling her, like, hey, they've been trying to get a hold of you. And she's like, no, I'm done. I'm not going to go. Exactly. Like, just, they just kept on going back and forth, back and forth about it. Um, I mean, what do you think? If you were in her position, you had two auditions where they basically shooed you away within a minute. You had a show where people were making fun of you. Would you be up to going? No, because at that point, I'd still be discouraged on what's mm-hmm. happened, especially about, the, about her show, getting those negative comments about her. Mm-hmm. Nah, I would. Honestly, I probably would have given up at that point, too. Yeah, so it makes sense why she's reacting the way she is. And Sebastian tells her, well, I'll be here tomorrow morning for you. And we end up getting to that scene. And she never gets there. He's already driving off. And then, like, she's about to open the door. And he's like, oh, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> it was a funny, pretty funny scene. <laughs> um. So she ends up going and she gets to the audition, and it was a little bit of a different audition than what we've seen in the movie. Yeah. Um, they had her make up a story, and like they tell her there's no script. The actors, the actress, and the story is gonna be made up as they go, and it's gonna be produced in Paris. Yeah, which I thought, which I liked honestly, but like I've never heard anything like that. But when I heard them say, "Oh, sorry, we don't have a script or anything. We kind of just want to build the script around." the actress's personality mm-hmm. and how it is. So I'm like, I from the, if I would have heard that, I'm like, okay, that's a for sure type thing. And, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, that's a for sure job. Yeah. Like I thought like, oh, that means they're going to work around her. They, they want her. Yeah. But then we see Sebastian and Mia go talk and she's like, oh, I'll get a call back in about two weeks. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. It wasn't what we were thinking. Yeah. So she mentions, you know, that she'll hear back in about two weeks and they start talking about their relationship they kind of both know it's over. I mean, if she gets this, she has to go to Paris and he has to stay here for the band and do their tour. Um, after that, we go back to now winter. Yeah. Except it's five years later. Yeah, that's what I did and not like. I was like, what the <laughs> heck? Why is it jumping five years later? I liked it. I didn't mind. They jumped those five years and we see Mia entering the coffee shop she worked at. Except now it's her as the actress coming in to get coffee and going to leave to whatever studio she's recording at, mm-hmm. which is a bittersweet moment because at the beginning of the movie, we see her as the barista 
giving the coffee to the actress. So it's life imitating art, I guess, kind of situation. Yeah, I would say so. And we then see Sebastian uh, playing piano and signing some papers, which one can assume is probably finally to his own club. Yeah. So then we find out that Mia is actually now married and she has a daughter. Sebastian is still living alone. Then after that, we just see how Mia and her husband are leaving to go to um, a show. But the traffic is super bad. And they don't think they're going to make it on time. So she asks him, like, hey, you want to just pull over and we'll go have dinner? As they're leaving from the dinner that they just had, they end up hearing a band. This mm-hmm. is kind of like when Mia heard Sebastian playing. What did you say? Yeah, like kind of towards the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. So she overhears that music and you see her husband, well, let's go check it out. They're going down. And then all of a sudden, uh, Mia sees the sign and it says Sebs right there. With that music note apostrophe. So she's like, oh, wow. Yeah. And they sit down and then they finally lock eyes, um, Sebastian and Mia. And that's where we have the final musical scene. It kind of a musical, kind of not. It's us being now transported back to when Mia and Seb first met at the Christmas scene. Um, It's a flashback to that. And things are now in a different perspective. Yeah. It looked like. Everything, like all the events that happened during the movie, it's it's kind of playing back, but the things that happened are opposite, basically. Yeah. So we see how Seb turns down Keith this time. Um, Mia's show had a huge crowd, and Seb ended up going. Mm-hmm. They end up going to Paris together for the movie, um, and he does his music over there. Yeah, and then kind of towards like in that in the in the musical part, you see Mia and Sebastian. Like, actually having a life together. You mm-hmm. see her all pregnant. And then you actually see uh, see the child in the future, too. It's a cute little boy. Really cute. And then uh, from that... And then it just goes, like, basically into the present time. And it was just all in, like, her head. Like, she was just imagining. It was all an illusion. And we are back to the reality of it, which is her married with this other man. And Seb playing in front of her. Um, he ends up finishing the song and they look at each other one last time and smile. And then that's it. Basically that, yeah. You see Mia leave the club with her husband and just... The end? That's it. Um, It ended very abruptly. So, I mean, I don't know how I felt about it, but I know when I first saw this movie back in 2016, 2017, I loved it. But now watching it like my third time or so, I don't know if I felt the same way. I think because of the cast, I loved it. But I have seen so many new musicals since then. Not new in the sense of like newly released, but new to me. And honestly, with storyline and with the music, I would probably give it seven and a half out of ten. Okay. Because now I'm seeing it for my third time and now I can reflect. Yeah. Okay. But this is Richie's first time seeing this movie. So what would you rate it? I rated it eight and a half out of ten, actually. Like, okay. it, w- it was a good movie. I liked the whole storyline, to be honest. There was some questionable things. Uh, but besides that, uh, I liked it. I actually did. The musicals were really good. There was no single song that I did not like. It, it was nice. I liked it. So for next week, guys, we will be watching Manchester by the Sea. For this movie, at least in the streaming platforms that we have, we couldn't find it anywhere. So this is one that has to be rented. So we understand if y'all don't want to spend your money on this. But if you do, it is on Amazon Prime Video. 
Um, I wasn't able to find any of the trigger warnings, so I would recommend looking them up beforehand and tread lightly just in case. But that is what we'll be watching next week. But that is it for now. So thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you next week.